You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. Hello, everybody. How you doing? This is Colin Cook with... Hey, everyone. It's Elliot. And this is episode 21 of Age Grouper for Life, and we are going to talk a little bit about adversity. And I think we're going to spend a few minutes talking about Elliot's uh, unfortunate opportunity to deal with adversity uh, last weekend here at Ironman Canada. Yep, and it was a very unfortunate situation, but I turned it into a very positive memory and something that I will remember for the rest of my life. So I think I made a very good decision with my race this past weekend. Yeah, so let's hear about it, man. What happened? Um, so... Um, got another sub hour swim, which is a positive for myself and couple seconds over 59, right? Yeah. So almost a PR. I think my PR is 58, 45 on that course. So I was actually surprised because I really haven't been swimming and as much and yeah, I'm going to have to teach you the ways, man. Mm. Good drafting, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the key. Just lining up where... I mean, I, was, I lined up in the sub-60 group and just hung on the feet the entire time. And I mean, it's amazing how much faster you can go if you're good at drafting. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah, I, I was obviously tracking you. I saw you came out at 59. I was like, all right, awesome. Things were off to a good start. Yep. Then got to the bike. They changed the bike course. So this is Ironman Canada um, for yep. all you listening and got to the bike course they changed the bike course this year so you don't we didn't go all the way up callahan and you didn't go into pemberton so the two major climbs were out but it was very rolly i mean nothing was flat and everything was either up or down so i was actually talking to a pro that used to live in arizona who raced uh pedro gomes and he was saying how this course is going to be a lot harder because it's just so much choppier and it's a lot easier to get yourself in trouble if you just hammer up the hills all day long and so I kind of took that to note when I was kind of leading up to this race like don't overbike just do your thing I didn't know what my time was going to be but I know that I'm a runner and I just couldn't overbike so felt like I took the bike pretty conservatively and got off the bike in 5:45 which is I don't know, one of my slowest Ironman times, but looking back, I mean, it was still it was still in contention. So what place did you come off the bike? Um, I think I was 11th. Okay. 
Lucky 11. Lucky 11. But yeah, so I mean, in the past, I've made up that ground. I mean, I know if I'm feeling good on the run, I mean, you're always down a few spots on the off the bike that you have to catch. So, I mean, I was feeling pretty decent and ready to run. It was a hot day, right? It was a hot day. I think the high reached 93 degrees. So, yeah, it was pretty toasty, but, I mean, it kind of worked towards our advantage. I mean, living in Arizona, and I did a few runs in 90-degree weather, and actually, if you wake up at 4 o'clock, it's still 80 degrees. So it was... I I didn't find the heat to be too big of an issue because I just feel pretty acclimated to it. Nice. So you got off the bike, feeling good, ready to go. Yep, ready to run. And then I got to my bag and I could not find it. I mean, I was scrambling, looking everywhere for it. I mean, all the bags near me did not have my number. So I went to a volunteer and they frantically searched. I mean, all of them went to go running to find it and they could not find it. So then I started freaking out. I mean, I was kind of, I guess I was, I was pretty upset. I mean, I was crying and um, just yelling things that I shouldn't have probably yelled. I mean, they're just volunteers, which I later apologized for. But I mean, it was just, it was a very frustrating situation that they could not find my bag. So. Their transition bag, nowhere to be found. Yep. So about 10 minutes had passed and they, I gave them a description of what my shoes look like, and they found my shoes in the change tent. So I'm thinking another racer before me took the wrong bag, dumped it out, and realized it wasn't their stuff, just left it there, and yep. And, and then all my other stuff was just kind of thrown in with the other pile of stuff. You know, when people come off the bike, they grab your, your run bag and just throw it in a pile because they, I think they just assumed I was already out in the run, so. Wow. So yeah, I was just, that kind of just really threw me off and I know to get these Kona slots, it's, you gotta be first or second place. And when you lose 10 minutes, it's in our age group or in the 30, 34 age group, it's just, Time. Yeah. It's a lot of time, and I already know, like, I'm fighting for every single second, and when something like that happens, it's just very unfortunate and hard to rebound from. I mean, I guess I could have been stronger and ran as hard as I could, but in the back of my mind all day long, I'd be like, I just gave up 10 minutes just completely out of my control. I mean, it wasn't a flat tire. It wasn't a mechanical on the bike. It was just something that could easily happen to anyone i mean i could next race i do i could take someone else's bag and yeah none of the volunteers would have any idea i mean even before a race i can get into someone else's bag and take their shoes and it would totally screw them over so i was just really frustrated about that yeah absolutely I mean, I guess it is interesting. I mean, obviously, anybody could make an honest mistake and, and grab the wrong bag, um, you know, but to make it worse, you know, I don't know. We were talking about what we'd probably do if we had managed to, to make that mistake. And you would 
think that that person would at least tell a volunteer, hey, I grabbed the wrong bag, you know, and give them the stuff to put it back. But obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so tough, tough to swallow. Yeah. So, so I made it 5K in the run, and then just so kind of looking. What kind of pace were you oh. running for that 5K? What was that? What kind of pace were you running for that 5K? Uh, I was just kind of out of it, and I was mostly just looking for my family because I was just like, I I don't want to run anymore. I mean, I, I've i been thinking back just every single day. I'm like, did I, is that just like a poor attitude to go about this, or is it? But you were, so you were checked out. Yeah, checked out. I mean, I wasn't really running. And I, even though I feel like, yeah, my legs were tired, but I feel like I could have ran. Yeah. So made it to 5K, just looking for my family along the course. And I saw them near a condo um, about 5K in. And I just waited for about an hour for Becca, which is my wife. And it was her first Ironman. And I kind of got a, a few minutes to look at the where she was at in the race and looking at her competitors and if she could catch all the girls in front of her. And she was, I think, ninth off the bike. And I knew she was going to, I knew she was, her run was going to be strong. So I'm like, I'm just going to pace her in and and help her out as much as I can for this run. So I waited for her and we ran 23 miles together. <laughs> so, and you had to wait, what, like 45, 50 minutes, right? Yep. Yeah, so you just sat on the side with your family, chilling out. Chilling and, out, and, uh, drinking water, refueling. Yeah. I mean, it, stretching, it felt kind of nice. <laughs> so I was, I was ready to go to run. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, cool. But she had an amazing race. I mean, she she was 27 minutes down off the bike, and she we ran we I ran her into second place, or I didn't run her into second place. She <laughs> she ran hard. I mean, I just that, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to get some credit here. <laughs> yeah, I think you deserve some. So, what was her reaction when uh, she saw you on the road? Oh, she's just like, what happened? She thought I was already on my second loop, so. Yeah. <laughs> but. Wow. Yeah. She was feeling good at first, so we were talking quite a bit, and she, I kind of, briefly chimed her on, chimed her in on what happened, but I'm like, don't worry about me. This is your race. Let's go. Just follow me. I mean, she ran, she ran really well. I mean, she had the fastest time in her age group, and I think seventh fastest female run split for her first Ironman so that is impressive yeah so and you're literally there telling her come on follow me you know giving her ice and things like that at the yeah. stations yeah so there's a bunch of 70.3 racers out in the course still and some of the aid stations were just a mess with people stopping so I'm like I told her don't stop I'll grab all the ice water coke whatever you need and I just shoved all these cups down my jersey and was kind of like her Sherpa the entire race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. And so uh, I believe we talked about she literally ran, didn't like walk at all the entire race. Did not race, walk right? at all. That is. So really I think I helped her out because I go, I mean, I've done a lot of these and I know, I know the fatigue you feel at the end. And 
she's she even told me after the race she's like i would have walked because i just did not understand that feeling and how yeah. shuffling is way faster than running so even up the hills i'm like just shuffle as fast as you can just get up this hill you'll feel better after this hill here's some more ice <laughs> let's go yeah so no, I, I mean i i you know uh what a great experience for her to have, you know, somebody to be able to guide her and, and push her through those things, especially in her first one. I mean, I certainly walked in my first one and, uh, you know, wasn't quite ready for that level of mental fatigue and, you know, being able to push through that. So um, I have absolutely no doubt that uh, she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have run as well if she didn't have you there. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, we get, I mean, I think the highlight of the race was just running on the finishing shoot with her and, little pissed that uh she her overall time beat me because i started in front of her so on paper <laughs> right. she beat me by two minutes <laughs> you in her first Ironman. yeah <laughs> just i think i'm just washed up now <laughs> but you got number 10 in the books right number 11 oh number 11 excuse me sorry yeah, yeah. very cool so so Wow. So yeah, you know, we talked about this offline, but uh, um, that is, you know, a, a very uh, crappy situation there that you were put into, and uh, ultimately it turned it around. I mean, um, well, actually, you know, I want to, I do want to highlight something though. So, you know, even though you lost, let's call it at least ten minutes, ten, twelve minutes in transition, what would you have needed to run still to still make it to Kona? <sighs> See, and I don't even want to talk about that with you. So that's the thing that hurt. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this is a lesson for everyone. Like, the race isn't over till it's over, and you got to just race no matter what kind of adversity you deal with on race day. So I went to – we went to awards because she got second, and we stayed for roll down because if the number one girl didn't take her slot, then she would have – it would have rolled to Becca's. So she would have been going to Hawaii. And then I stayed for mine, and it rolled all the way to fifth place, which was a 10.19. So I would have had to run, before I lost the bag, a 3.35, which I think is definitely within my capability. So I would have had to run a 3.25 to to catch fifth. So even though you lost 10 minutes there, you know, if you ran a 3.25, you would have made it. Yeah. What have you run in your other Ironmans? Um, my most recent one. So the year I won there, I ran a 308, and in oh in um, Arizona, I ran a 323. All right. So. so yeah. So. So yeah. Sorry to harp on you here. Yeah. Um, and, no, and yeah. I I definitely so, learned a lesson there too. I'm like. Respect your decision, and you know I still think it's a great story, and you did something really cool with it, and made the best of it. But uh, it does does go to show that uh, you never know what can happen, and um, you know I I don't have much doubt. Uh, I don't look at all your training logs and whatnot that that you are certainly capable of doing that, especially on that course. Um, so and just uh, being I don't know I think just being mentally tough. I mean I feel like I'm a mentally tough athlete but i have to be better at dealing with adversity when it comes to stuff completely out of my control i mean even a flat tire would have 
and it, they really do suck and you just have to deal with them and keep going because you really never know what's going to happen absolutely yeah um so you know a couple good takeaways here you know just again bring it all the way to the line and you never know what's going to happen out in front of you and if you give it your best you know good things can happen and you know you can always say that at least you, you left it all out there but in Elliot's circumstances I I can't fault him the slightest for doing what he did and you know it's totally different for those people obviously that are experienced in Ironman and the fatigue involved there and you know you have that that thought that you're already pretty much out which you know in all honesty i you know as i mentioned elliot before i i think i would have you know been in the same boat and just said that's it you know i'm not there's no because way it, i mean it is getting hard and like we've done so many ironmans that i mean this takes nothing away from like the ironman first timers out there but i mean our goal is to get to hawaii i mean that's why i put my body through all this torture and i will I mean, when I race as hard as I can, like, I don't care if I end up in a hospital. Like, I will give it my absolute all. Like, I will collapse at the finish line to get that Hawaii slot. And it's, it was just really hard to rebound from that, that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, very cool. Well, uh you know, again, still, uh, still a good story, and uh, you know, something you'll never forget, no doubt. With yep. Being able to finish with your wife. We got some good finish line pictures yeah. together. Yeah, uh, and I, I've, I can only imagine you, you gained a brownie point or two with her. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's a good move in the start of a, a new marriage. So. Scoring a lot of points these days, Colin. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, very nice. Uh, so yeah, so you know, we felt like uh, with Elliot's experience this past weekend uh, that there was a good time to, uh, to talk about adversity. Um, you know, I think that everybody, uh, people are lying to you if they said they haven't had to deal with any adversity without throughout their training. And you know, I always like to call every Ironman or you know half Ironman, whatever race you're training for, you know, the, the process itself is always a journey. And it's going to be filled with adversity, and it's really, you know, how you respond to it. And, you know, the, the successful people are the ones that usually can battle through that, um, you know, and, and make the decision that's ultimately going to, to help them improve or, or help them reach their goals. And, you know, I guess you don't really hear too much about those people that decide to just pack it in or uh, not uh, not move forward when they've, uh, when they've gone the other direction with it. But... Uh, I think that it's, you know, just a huge, you know, strength and, and something that we learn through triathlon that helps us obviously become better athletes, but also just helps us in life. And, um, you know, a couple, couple things that come to mind for me, you know, go back uh, a couple years ago now where uh, my goal in, what was it? Oh, yeah, 2015. I wanted to win overall uh, Ironman Maryland, and uh, I was off to a really good start. Uh, I think I was in fourth or fifth on the bike relatively early on, but uh, I flatted with my tubular tires, and uh, my fix flat didn't work, and I ended up DNF in that race, and uh, was pretty devastated. That was my first, uh, first DNF of an Ironman. And then, um, so I said, all right, you know, I'm going to try and do Ironman Arizona. And uh, that was what, so Maryland was earlier uh, October. 
and then uh, Arizona is usually the weekend before Thanksgiving, so middle of uh, November. And uh, I had just started a new job and I uh, was traveling a decent amount and things, but uh, wanted to go out and see my buddy Elliot and, uh, and race out there. And, uh, you know, I was had a cough kind of leading into the race, wasn't really feeling that great, but uh, kind of pushed through and uh, I got to eventually to about mile five of the run there and I finally just pulled the plug because I knew something wasn't right. Um, you know, basically just conceded once Elliot passed me, I think is what ultimately was the final yeah, straw. Yeah, I got but, in your uh, head. I got in your head. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, I'm not I, letting Elliot beat me. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, so I ended up going to the hospital and I ended up that I had pneumonia. And uh, so, you know, I had... Uh, I had now gone from no DNS to two DNS and back-to-back uh, -back races, and uh, it was uh, it was really really tough, you know. And uh, um, you know, I I don't know. I, I think I guess ultimately I could have finished probably the the race uh, the Arizona race there, but uh, you know I I knew I wasn't running obviously like I'm capable of, and uh, especially at rain that year I probably could have really beat myself up pretty bad if I kept going but uh, um, you know I really started to question you know if I still had it you know and that uh, if I was uh, capable of uh, doing things I had done in the past and so forth and you know getting better and things so um, I definitely started having a, a good amount of doubts um, but uh, I decided to keep pushing through and uh, qualified again at Ironman Texas you know and that uh, that next May of 2016 um you know so good things did happen and you know i definitely had a little bit more doubt or was a little bit less confident than i normally am heading into an ironman for that race because of those previous races but uh it all ended up working out by you know sticking with it and and just dealing with that adversity and um you know certainly nice to have uh my family and, and friends and things that were understanding and, and on my side to help me push through it but uh these things happen you know, and uh, it's really how we deal with it again that's that's gonna you know make our which way we're gonna go with it. You know, and so. I think the longer you're in the sport, like something bad is bound to happen to you. Exactly. And yeah, you're not great. gonna have the race that you that you want. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know many people that have the race they want in <laughs> any race. You know, uh, when they have uh, high expectations and things, but. Uh, and you're absolutely right you know things are going to go wrong and uh um you know conditions aren't going to play in your favor and so forth and uh it's really all about how do you you push through that you know so you know some advice i have you know if you're in a race or even in training um you know and and things are going astray and and you're just not things aren't happening the way you want them to you know i always first start by recommending that you you take a step back and you kind of just think about where you are and appreciate what you're doing, yeah. right? Um, you know, you're still out there training or racing, and we need to be extremely thankful that we're we're in a situation in our lives that we're able to do that. You know, both physically, you know, mentally, and you know, financially. Um, there's all kinds of different things that go into it. You know the um, you know your family and the the sacrifices they've made and things like that. So, 
um, next time you're in kind of a, a rut or a, a hole and uh, you know you're not sure what to do um, make sure you, you take a step back and you think about you know what's what's best for you and, and your family and you know if if it makes sense to move forward or if it doesn't um, you know sometimes taking a step back is what you actually need to do um, but a lot of times if you recognize those things and you're you're positive about it um, you know some really good things can happen so you know with that I always uh, remind people just to smile right so you know shit hits the fan and, and things aren't going very well just uh, put a smile on your face and, and appreciate what you're doing it's a very so, good point yeah um, so yeah um, you know with that I, I guess I'll go into another uh, I've certainly been dealing with a little bit of racing adversity myself this year uh, so <laughs> I literally have not done what kind that. of racing Colin? <laughs> What's that? What kind of racing? <laughs> I know any racing. <laughs> uh, so my I started this year actually with uh, a very big goal. Uh, I wanted to qualify at Ironman Mount Tremblant, which is in a couple weeks, and I'm I'm not racing that race. Um, I haven't, like I said, done any triathlons, and I wanted to to qualify for Kona, and I also wanted to qualify for the Xterra World Championships and do what they call the double. Um, where uh, you race uh, Kona um, in, in the middle of October there, and then two weeks later, um, the Xterra World Championships in Maui. Um, so, you know, I really was, was planning to have a huge year, um, you know, put in the time and so forth, and, and hopefully be able to throw down. Um, certainly the, the birth of my daughter um, didn't do me any favors there, but uh, I also decided to open a new business, uh, Peak Recovery and Health Center in Nashua, New Hampshire, and, um, you know, I do get asked pretty regularly, like, how do you do everything you do, and when I started working very seriously on the business and getting that going, uh, it was finally time that something had to give, <laughs> and, you know, obviously my, my family is the, the top priority. I need to make sure that I was still available for them and, and spending as much time as I could with them. Still have, you know, my full-time job. and needed to make sure I kept the, the job that was paying the bills. And obviously my, my clients and their training and things always takes priority over my own training and so forth. So, um, you know, they're really just, unless I wanted to uh, make myself totally sleep-deprived, uh, there was just no time for me to train. Um, you know, as challenging it was for me to do that, and I, to be honest, kind of felt a little bit, um, you know, like uh, I wasn't practicing what I was preaching. You know, I always kind of tell my clients, you know, to, to keep going and, and push through that diversity and or adversity here. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and even if it's a little bit of training and so forth, to, to get that in. And um, I just, just didn't have it in me. Um, so... Um, I guess I, I have enjoyed uh, racing a little bit through vicariously through my clients and have had some success with clients this year, but uh, none of my own. And uh, it's been uh, very tough and, uh, you know, not necessarily the way I wanted things to be, but uh, it is what it is. And, you know, I uh, obviously have a lot at stake financially with, uh, with the new business and uh, that, that was my priority and ultimately my choice you know I chose to to pursue that um, if I didn't you know I, I would have been fine and uh, and could have continued racing and so forth but uh, 
that was the decision I made, and uh, you know, I'm dealing with it. And uh, happily, by the way, you know, it's, it's definitely been uh, been very crazy and very very busy, but uh, I'm very happy to to help people, and uh, things are off to a pretty good start there. So. Um, with that, I am. Uh, I have started now that we've been open for a couple months. Uh, things are starting to settle in a little bit, and uh, I'm starting to, to train more regularly here and uh, um, pondering uh, a race or two later this season um, to see if I can get myself back on the horse. And then uh, my goal is to to keep things going and and uh, keep pushing through here. So. Um, definitely some adversity that I'm, I'm dealing with now, and uh, it's it's challenging, um, you know, especially when you've lost some fitness and you know you you're not where you were at before, and um, you know it's it's tough to, to deal with. You know, you don't like seeing those lower numbers or those slower paces and things like that, um, but you have to remember where you are today, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you you can't. You can't just say, oh, you know, I was running seven-minute pace all day. You know, I should be able to do that now. Um, that's just not where I'm at. And, you know, I, I certainly do appreciate this to my clients, you know, if for people that are kind of make a comeback. Um, you know, if you try to, to push and, and consider yourself at you, where, where you're at, you know, fitness-wise, previous to whatever happened, you know, an injury or, uh, you know, taking a break and so forth, um, I can pretty much guarantee you're going to either slow your, your progression down and it's going to take you longer to get back to where you were and hopefully uh, surpass that, or you're going to get yourself injured. Um, so you got to be respectful of, of where you're at, you know, and, and keep building and just be, you know, again, be thankful that you're able to do it and uh, that, you know, you have the, the availability, uh, both physically, mentally, and, and so forth, and, and time-wise to be able to to be training, you know, at this point and, and this day, because today is all we have, right? Hey, I got a so. quick question for you. So, out yeah. of the three sports, which one was felt the most uncomfortable getting back into? Um, I would have to say running has definitely been a little bit of a struggle, just uh, pace-wise, definitely uh, behind where I went and you know um, heart rate's definitely a little bit higher than I'm used to um, so I'm just respecting that but uh, um, the swim's been ugly for sure <laughs> I find the uh, swim the hardest <laughs> yeah I mean yeah and I think I think the swim has probably been the most demoralizing <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you see you know your your lap times or whatnot um, but uh, you got to uh, you gotta, you know, deal with it. Like I said, you know, it is, it is what it is. You know, I've only been swimming back again for uh, what three, four weeks now, and uh, already seeing my, you know, my times drop down, and uh, certainly not where I want to be or back to where I was. But uh, made some some pretty big gains, um, you know, by being uh, recognizing where I'm at now and accepting that. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have you back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you got anything else you want to discuss here, Ali? Um, No, I mean, just kind of going off of what Colin said, I mean, I feel like this year for me has been rough. I mean, went to Boston, got sick, couldn't race, and then this race, I mean, it was my, my two A races that have gone sideways, and it's hard right now dealing with it, but I know deep down in my heart like I love the sport and I will come back from it I mean I've dealt with 
adversity before and I know like that stuff won't affect me in the long run so I think bottom line if you enjoy the sport then keep at it and good things will happen absolutely yeah and you know and if it's uh, I don't want to get too far on a tangent on you know um, certainly overtraining or something like that or coming back from an injury um, but you know if it's an injury that's that's taking you off course um, you know that really is the the beauty of triathlon is uh, I mean if it's something very significant you may obviously need to take some complete time off from swim biking and running but um, I would say the majority of the time you know you may need to stop doing one maybe two sports during while you're recovering and so forth but it's rare that you're in, in a state where you're not able to at least do something and you know at least one of the disciplines and so forth and um, you know I think that's much different than if you're a specific, you know, sport-specific uh, focused athlete like a runner, or, you know, or a cyclist or something like that. Um, you know, you, you have the ability to cross-train, and you know, you're going to be able to maintain your fitness, you know, through that. And it's, you know, if you if you again you, you deal with that adversity in the right way and you make the best of it, you know, it's a tremendous opportunity. If you know, maybe you got injured in your your best of discipline, you know, it's a great opportunity. To then you know improve your swim or improve your bike or something like that um, and focus on that while you're working through um, you know whatever it is you have going on so it really all comes down to your perspective and you know making the best of the situation you know and again dealing with the adversity mm-hmm. um, so um, it's a good point Ali, for sure yeah and my, I mean my coach said the best athletes are usually the ones that live stress-free not a lot of responsibilities but as an age grouper and actually for a lot of pros like that's not the case like there are so many other things in life that could affect your training i mean i kind of learned my lesson this year is like i mean i got married i got promoted at my work i'm working more and i'm a lot more stressed out not because of my marriage by the way but because of work but I've kind of learned some some lessons this year it's like it's hard to put triathlon as your first priority all the time I mean and to get if you want to Kona qualify I feel like you really do have to make it one of your top priorities because it takes a lot of hard work to get there and it's a lot of training and a lot of time away from everyone else and yeah, I mean, you just you're just busy in life. For sure. I mean, it's it. This is definitely, especially for long course. You know, it's a nice sport that uh, is for people that aren't willing to put in, you know, a lot of time. You know, it's it's definitely there's there's no secrets or there's no special workouts that are going to get you through. You know, uh, and ready for those long course races. You know, you have to put in the time, and uh, you know, so. That's that's kind of uh, uh, something you just have to be willing to accept in my mind and so yeah. forth. But uh, um, you know, outside of that, it is it's it's making sure you know if you want to be successful in the long term, you got to be able to deal with the adversity like we talked about here, and you have to you know really have a passion to to continue with it. And you know, that's really for for most people, it's around goal setting and figure out you know what's going to keep you passionate, what's going to get you up at 4 a.m. you know tomorrow. To be able to get your workouts in and and you know get everything you need to done get done that day and so forth. So 
um, you know, I guess my my biggest takeaway from here again is just uh, be thankful, be appreciative, and you know, if you take the positive out of a situation that may not be uh, what you're looking for, you know, typically uh, good things are going to happen. Yep, completely agree. Yeah. So, and you know, especially when we get into the race situations, when we've we're what uh, almost seven hours into a race. Um, you know, we may not be thinking as clearly as we want, you know. Uh, sorry, Elliot, I got to do it. You know, it's an oppor- It's uh, another opportunity here, but, you know, you may not high-five your best buddy out there, you know, on the course. <laughs> hey, I know, thought we were over like, this since you got me sick in Boston. <laughs> I couldn't help. <laughs> uh, but seriously, you know, you're, you're not mentally thinking, you know, as, as best as you can in a lot of cases, and you have to train yourself to be able to work through that and, and when you know you start going down in the dark place you know pull yourself out of it and that's just you know we had uh nate on you know from the the mental side of things you know that's that's a huge piece of it you have to be able to to work through those lows and and figure out what you what positive you can take out of that to keep you going and working through that so um yeah i think that's uh yeah and i mean at the end of the day i mean training yeah, some days training's going to be really tough to fit in and it's going to seem like a chore, but it shouldn't be like a prolonged period of time where you're just hating training, hating every like hating getting every workout in. I mean, you should enjoy this sport for the most part. Absolutely. And if you yeah. if you're treating it like a chore and you're not enjoying it, then it might be time for a change. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, again, another tangent here, but uh, I've actually, uh, and actually, I was interviewed uh, this past week in, in a podcast, and uh, you know, one of the things I said, I've actually talked a few of my clients out of doing races and and had them, um, you know, had <laughs> one of my clients retire from the sport, and it was really my idea um, because you know he was coming to me and he was kind of complaining and and not really enjoying himself, and I said, you know what are you doing you know is it really worth it you know is this is this what you want and then you know he thought about it he's like you know what you're right this isn't what i'm enjoying this isn't you know for me right now and so um you know then that's okay you know with life is too short to be going and doing things we don't enjoy um you know and and at what cost right so um always keep it in perspective and and make sure you're you're doing things that are things that you enjoy and, and are best for you So, um, awesome. Well, congratulations, Elliot. Proud of you, man. Thank you. Know, you. you made, the, made the best of it. And uh, uh, hopefully everybody found that helpful and can get some takeaways here on how they can help themselves step up their game and, uh, and deal with uh, the many opportunities I'm sure you have to deal with adversity. Thanks, everyone. All right. Have a good one. Take care.